0: What's up, guys and skeptics? Welcome to another episode of Reason to Doubt, your source for all things skeptical. Uh, I'm your host, Jared. With me is... I'm Jordan. I'm not Jared. I swear. I know my name. Uh, With me is Jared. How's it going, Jared?
1: It's going well. Uh, I do know who I am. Uh, I'm Jared. So,
0: yeah. (laughs) Uh, Today's very special episode, we uh, have ADL here all the way from Kenya, and uh, he's a fellow atheist over there. We thought it might be cool to uh, see how atheism is viewed across the globe. So how's it going, my friend?
2: Uh, Everything is going well. Thanks for inviting me to your platform. Um, It's a real pleasure talking to fellow atheists and skeptics uh, around the world and especially from the US. So yeah, I'm from Kenya. I think I'm the only one who doesn't have a J in the name.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that's true. Uh, So, uh, tell us about yourself. What's your uh, what's your story?
2: So, I practically was raised as one of Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> so, yeah, I came from that high control group. So, was born and raised in um, until about uh, it was I think twenty yeah twenty nineteen. That's when you see as a Jehovah's Witness, I always had a question like uh, is this thing really the truth because they call themselves the truth they claim to have the truth so you always have that at the back of your mind is this really the truth and you know as you go preaching you see how people are reacting to your message and you're wondering um do i also have the same uh blind spots that i can see these people have because for example like one thing uh, jehovah's witnesses have they don't believe in the trinity so you see, I could see clearly from the Bible, like something like the Trinity, it's not real. Like, let's say, Jesus is asking, um, let's say, when Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So you're trying to reason with someone, but they can't seem to get it. Sorry? It's like he was yeah. talking to himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so you see, I was wondering, do I also have these same cognitives uh, biases or spots? And how do I really know this is the truth? So this was Kinda always at the back of my mind, and then uh, what happened was that um, I started getting interested to know what do atheists actually believe. So that's what led me down the rabbit hole. I think I fell. Uh, what happened was I watched one video. It was called up. It was a short series on YouTube called "Messed Up Bible Stories." So they actually kind of make fun of Adam and Eve. So it led me curious. What do atheists actually believe? What would I say if I meet an atheist while preaching? So that led me down the rabbit hole. I found uh, Dark Matter's videos. And you see, that time I still believed in the Bible. The (laughs) Bible was my basis of truth. And Dark Matter quotes the Bible a lot and I think I watched I watched some of his videos. Most of them I could rebut with my Je- Jehovah's Witness apologi- apologetics. But then I think when I reached the Noah's flood video, that kind of took me out because there were a lot of things he raised. And I was like, yeah, this these points are credible, but I can't rebut it. And you know, as a Jehovah's Witness, uh, I believe that the flood actually happened. To them, it actually happened, and it was a global flood, not a local flood. So I remember thinking to myself, oh, was it that it was a local flood and all this? You know, you're trying to wrap your head around, trying to make it make sense. But then from there, I think I decided to see if there was a Jehovah's Witness, who is who was a Jehovah's Witness, but now is currently an atheist. And I landed on uh, Telltale's channel. That's uh, He's a YouTuber. He covers cults and all that. Mm-hmm. So after finding Telltale's uh, channel, I remember he talked about how he was a Jehovah's Witness. And he said that what gave him courage to research about the Jehovah's Witnesses was he read Deuteronomy 1822, which says if a person speaks in the name of the Lord, if a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord and that word does not come true, then you know that he was not sent by the Lord. He spoke presumptuously. So I think that kind of struck me because I still believed in the Bible back then. But then I knew Jehovah's Witnesses had made a couple of false predictions about 1914, but they had tried to explain it out. But they said that now this was the Bible giving me uh, authority to go and research my own religion, if you if you may. And you know one thing, with Jehovah's Witnesses, they are so against apostates. That's people who've left their religion. They are literally told not to dare listen to them, not to dare watch anything. If you land on an apostate website accidentally, as a Jehovah's Witness, you're supposed to click it off, don't look at any material, don't think about
0: it. Which so that's say, always... Always a good sign when someone's like, hey, don't listen to anyone who disagrees with us. That's always a good sign that they got the truth right there.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you see, the funny thing is, um, now that you brought that up, in Kenya, most people think Jehovah's Witnesses are devil worshippers. Some 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 people think that. And this is because their pastors have told them not to listen to Jehovah's Witnesses because they know Jehovah's Witnesses will raise some points, like let's say the Trinity. Which, when somebody looks at it, they won't be able to rebut it. So, and you see, it's the same thing. So that that is kind of also what made me. I was thinking, yeah, these people use this technique to prevent people from listening to us, and we are also using the same technique to prevent um, or to prevent uh, us accessing message from the so-called apostates. So. I think now that gave me courage to be able to look at now what they would call apostate material, material from people who'd left. You see, for me, when I was watching Telltale's channel, he wasn't really an apostate because he's an atheist. They kind of frame it such that apostates are people who know God, but they are deliberately trying to mislead you. So I decided, let me watch. And uh, I I remember... Deciding to read this, I, I, during, let's say, during a previous episode, you see, the thing is, I always had episodes when I was trying to see, is this really the truth? But then you try to enter into a postage material, but then you feel, okay, I can't do this anymore. So during previous episode, I had learned about a person who left the governing body. This is the highest level you can reach as a Jehovah's Witness. They're the guys who make the rules. Basically, they have a direct communication to God because they decide the policies and everything. So he left and wrote a book called Crisis of Conscience. And I decided now I can read this book. So I went, searched through the Internet, got the book. And started reading.
1: (laughs) That was a mistake. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, surely it was a
2: mistake. Because Slowly by slowly, I remember reading and learning things and I was like, wait, these things actually happened. And you see, most Jehovah's Witnesses don't know some of the historical things that the organization taught and some of the things they taught and what they believed back then. So this book actually dives deep into it. And I remember after reading, I was like, okay, now it's like my whole foundation had crumbled. I didn't know where to begin. I knew I still, back then I still kind of believed in the Bible. But now I was at a place where I I know Jehovah's Witnesses is not the the true religion. So where do I go from here? It was kind of having the rug pulled from underneath your feet. So I remember now from there, I was like, okay, since as a Jehovah's Witness, I had also read the Bible cover to cover, I decided, let me now, and I had some questions, and I think during this process, as I'm reading about the Jehovah's Witnesses, some questions that I had, that, you know, they start coming back to my mind. I'm like, yeah, and I remember this part in the Bible. uh, Is this really the God that, you know, you're taught God is a God of love, but there's some passages I remembered, like, let's say, um, okay, I can't remember exactly where, but like the Bible does say that, uh, let's say if you are to rape a virgin, you'd only pay 50 shekels to the father and marry her. So yeah. some- and then, that's then totally fine. Then do... <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. totally <clears throat> fine. I'm like, that's a major loophole to give people in.
0: <laughs> right. So, yeah. Not to mention, like, you know, uh, the Amalekites kill every man, woman, and children, everything that breathes, like, that would seem very cool.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, when I remember, like, um, when they went to, there's a time, I can't remember who they fought, but uh, Moses commanded the, his army generals so they can go kill everyone, but they can keep the virgins for themselves. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, this is kind of, why would God do this? Mm-hmm. But you know, he just pushed it to the back of my mind. So all these things are now bubbling up. And I decided now from there, I was like watching atheist and Christian debates. Like that was my, when I, when I leave my formal work, come home, watch Atheist and Christian Debates. When at work, sometimes I would put it on as a podcast at the background, and it was over and over and over and over. And then I think from there, now I landed on watching Atheist Experience. So I watched episodes on episodes on episodes of Atheist Experience. And I think finally I realized, yeah, the atheists are winning on these arguments on each and every front. Now, I had to now start learning other things like let's say things like evolution how does evolution work because you see as a jehovah's witness we had been given a stroman of evolution mm-hmm. they claim you know evolution is like claiming that um a wild wind just passes through a garbage yard and assembles a boeing 747 <laughs> out of nothing yeah. so yeah that's exactly it. so now i had to learn what is evolution what Technically, do we mean by evolution? And now finding out that oh, evolution actually is something that we have seen, we have tested, we have observed. And I think for them they try mixing evolution and a biogenesis to try and to make their points stronger. So realizing a biogenesis, sorry, is something totally different from evolution. Uh, I think now I had to I had like to relearn things. Where do I get my morals from? What do I know? What is moral? What is right? What is wrong? How do atheists navigate
0: through all this? So at this point, had you deconverted or were you still kind of figuring it out?
2: At this point, it, that's still in 2019. I think uh, I started my journey at around, uh, it was around me. So this time, by this time we're around uh, August and I'm still trying to figure things out. Um, So I'm still trying to figure it out. I was still, and I was still trying to come to accept that now I am indeed turning into an atheist because slowly by slowly I was now turning into an atheist, but I wasn't still comfortable wearing that title that Mm. that I am an atheist by then. So I remember, but then uh, during all this, uh, as things are going on, I, uh, I am still in the in the church, in the Jehovah's Witness church. I am there, like, uh, I go to church, I do everything. Um, at that level, I was, uh, in the Jehovah's Witness hierarchy, once you're a baptized male, then you can become what they call a ministerial servant. So that's the first step. Then the next step is becoming an elder. So I was a ministerial servant. That meant that I could give sermons in church uh, maybe uh, on Sundays, maybe in like uh, twice a year. And they usually have other midweek meetings. Those ones you'll get frequent sermons because they're usually short, short parts. So... And on Sunday, it also means that I could share the meeting. Chairing just involves uh, you introducing the speaker for that day and giving the prayer for that, ushering in the first song and giving and uh, praying. So I remember I was, uh, since at that time uh, we were meeting, uh, our, our congregation had been split into two. So we had a shortage of people to do such things. So I would find myself, like most of the Sundays, I'd be the one sharing and praying. So I would stand up there and I'm like, do these people know I'm questioning everything <laughs> right now?
0: Yeah. That's so like, <clears throat> it, it's funny, Jared had a similar kind of experience. Cause uh, I don't know, we've shared our, our deconversion story, but in brief, like I was a young earth creationist and I, followed kind of a very similar journey to you, but Jared was, you were in seminary, like yeah. so you were about to become a, a pastor, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah very similar story. story. Yeah. So that, that's interesting that you were like on Sunday giving like preaching and then privately wondering if anything you were talking about was true.
2: Yeah. And I would, and I remember like praying, I remember this particular time I was just to, just come cheer and I'm there praying. I'm saying all the right, all the right things that you should say. But I remember being like, you see, previously I would pray and you'd feel it because it's like I would pray and you know I'm talking to someone. But this time I'm saying everything right, and I'm like, you mean you can just do this thing mechanically without? And it's still going out. But I'm like, uh, do these people know I'm even questioning whether this prayer is really going anywhere? <laughs> You know, you when you're a Christian, you believe it's going to God in heaven. I'm like, do these people really know? I'm questioning right now. This prayer is not leaving this room we are in. <laughs> <Right>.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, there's there's a do you remember the name of the what's that project where it's helping like pastors and and whatnot? freedom from religion. Yeah, they have a yeah. they have a project specifically to help preachers. But it makes me wonder, like, how many people are up there giving sermons like that not believing but they're just you know going through the motions like how would you even know
1: yeah especially with a lot of those because they're so tied into like their their family structure their financial systems like they can't just say oh i don't believe this anymore now you have no job to fall back on right (laughs) so you have to continue to go through the services yeah Yeah,
0: so uh you're going through this process deconversion and questioning like what was the watershed moment where you decided i'm done
2: So I think uh, for me, what happened was, you see, it was hard to continue because it reached a point I was like, okay, now I totally don't believe. But you see, they still expect me to do something. So I wrote a letter to them telling them I want to step down from being a ministerial servant. But still, I wanted to remain a Jehovah's Witness to avoid getting shunned. Mm. Because then once you leave, they start shunning you and... uh, So I decided, let me first uh, stop being a ministerial servant, then uh, just continue going with the flow. I wanted to do what what they call a fade, that is uh, just get out and stop attending the meetings. But you see, for me, it was kind of rather suddenly because I decided, uh, let me stop, uh, let me write the letter. But then the elders were taking time before responding to my letter. And you see, before they respond, I'm still expected to do To carry out certain duties. So what I did was uh, actually started growing a beard. Jehovah's Witnesses hate beards. So (laughs) I I started growing a beard, and immediately the beard started getting noticeable. The elders now called me in. (laughs) Tell them I want to stay.
0: (laughs) That's amazing.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so that's when I told them I want to step down and they they started questioning me a bit, asking me, you know, we've seen you growing beard. I, asked, I told them, yeah, I, I don't see what the problem is. The Bible does not condemn beards and everything. But, you know, they are like, no, but, you know, our faithful and discreet slave, that's how they call the leadership. The faithful and discreet slave says that uh, we should do this and this and this. I'm like, OK, uh, you know what? Uh, I'm following the Bible. You, you see, we are following the Bible, we are not supposed to follow men. And, you know, for them, they they don't, it didn't sit well with them, but they were like, okay. Then they started posting a few things, not really explicit, but uh, it was kind of revealing. So at this time, what also happened is, uh, you know, now my, my, my dad was in and he would go and... I I started telling I I had asked my dad the beard question, and I also started asking him a few things. But then now when he realized I'm growing a beard, and then I was like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to the kingdom hall or the church. That's what they call the church. I'm not going to the kingdom hall anymore. So I'm not going for their meetings. And my dad was like, okay, now uh, what's going on? I told him, listen, I'll tell you, I'll tell you everything as it is. So I told him everything from A to Z. And I think what really scared him was that he learned that I had read apostate material. Mm. As I told you, they re- are really afraid. So he quickly now seeing that I'm in spiritual danger, went to the elders and told them about it. So the elders quickly now, summoned me, because apostasy is a big thing. They called me in for a judicial hearing, uh, the, a judicial hearing in the Jehovah's Witness world, so do you sit down with three elders. So from there, they they also tried to put another charge that I had siphoned funds from the congregation. This is in like October, this is in like uh, December, and I stopped attending their meetings in October. So I had already stepped down. And you're like, okay, at what time did I steal these funds? But they were looking for something to make sure that I, they kick me out. Because now they, they had seen some of my posts that were a bit controversial. And they, you know, they're afraid of apostasy. So they had to make sure that I left. So from there, I was like, okay, it's okay. They decided to... They call it disfellowshipping but it's the same thing whether you're disfellowshipped or whether you disassociate so it was then announced that i'm no longer one of jehovah's witnesses and the official shunning now began now once that was done i was like huh the, da- the damage is already done there's no going back so now i was able now to come out and start talking about uh, jehovah's witnesses this is still in 2019 2020 but now i started posting on my social media posting things about the Jehovah's Witnesses and those who most people started unfollowing me when they noticed that because now they knew I had gone full apostate and to them it's a scary thing so that's how I left and now started talking actively against Jehovah's Witnesses
1: I mean I've really been uh I've been watching some of your your channel on YouTube and stuff it really struck by your story Um,
0: which, uh, if this is going to be released on both channels, if you're watching us on our channel, we'll make sure to have a link to his channel in the description. So you can go check out his stuff. It's great.
1: Definitely recommend it. One of the things you had mentioned in your, your atheist misconceptions video was that you wanted people to become skeptics and not necessarily atheists. And that was really important to you. Um, and it seems like you have a very skeptical mindset. Like, um, have you always had that kind of skeptical mindset or was that something that you maybe like found later? Cause when I hear your story, like how, you know, you had questions and stuff all along, you've, you approached it from a very good skeptical point. So like, where did that come from for you? Do you think?
2: Um, I tend to think that I've always been skeptical. The only thing is, uh, I wasn't that skeptical about my, the religion because I was indoctrinated as a child, mm-hmm. but you see, I, I always had this, uh, as I said, I always had questions because you see, being raised a Jehovah's Witness, you're taught you have the truth. But the question is, you wonder, how come I can see the truth and everyone else cannot <laughs> see this truth that I am seeing? So it made me really, I think I, I was a skeptic in that way that I was always wondering, is this really the truth? And I also tend to... I think from my young age, I, I used to enjoy science. Actually, science was one of my favorite subjects. But in you find that in Kenya also, um, when you're taught things like science, you see, in Kenya, we are taught uh, creationism side by side with, evo- with uh, things like evolution. That mm-hmm. is uh, at the secondary level. We have, um, I'd call it uh, something like junior high, so we we they are taught side by side. So you will find that for me, I used to enjoy science, but then when I reached at that level, I think what happened for me, I dropped biology. But when you are studying things like history, you will find that even in history, you are taught that uh, there is, and they put it, they put them both at the at equal level that uh, the origin of man can be explained by two theories: the evolution theory and the creation theory, and they're put side by side as if they are one thing, so...
0: Gotta teach that controversy, man.
2: (laughs) (laughs) In Kenya, it is... In Kenya, you you see, uh, and that's why I think I'm pushing for people here in Kenya to realize that... that, uh, one, like, evolution is credible, and how things are taught. You find that uh, in Kenya, people ask exactly those questions that I hear, like, uh, okay, if we came from monkeys, where well, are they still monkeys? And that shows that clearly this person does not understand this concept. Mm. And that's where I also was. So, yeah, but I think to answer your question, I've always been skeptical.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's really important to us too. And I think it's something that uh, the term skeptic, I think it's scary for a lot of uh, religious people because I, I think it it's synonymous in their mind with atheist but all it just means is somebody's like questioning right somebody who just wants the truth and shouldn't we all want the truth you know uh I yeah. d- it also what you said resonated with like you get how is it that i'm the only one who can see the truth like isn't it aren't i so lucky that i happen to be born into the true religion you know <laughs> yeah yeah what are the odds <laughs> so uh once you deconverted um And uh, I guess more broadly, how is atheism viewed in your country? Like, how are atheists treated there?
2: So in Kenya, there aren't that many atheists. Um, Most atheists live in the shadow. They know they are atheists, but they don't uh, speak out or talk about their atheism. They don't put it out there. But uh, you'll find that for some people, they think, uh, like the deeply religious people, they think, they tend to think that atheists are devil worshippers also, or they are Satan's agents. So it does depend also on where you, on which area of Kenya you come from. Like the, At least in urban areas, people have a bit more tolerance and understand atheists more, but the more you go to the rural, rural areas, you'll find that People think atheists are devil worshippers. People are really afraid of atheists, but uh, I'm finding that slowly by slowly the tide is turning. The more atheists uh, are putting content out there and talking, you find that at least people are accepting, are starting to accept that we are atheists. But they still have a lot of misconceptions on atheism, what atheism means, what exactly it entails. Some people think atheism is also like another religion. <laughs> they don't realize it's just simply not uh, being convinced that a god exists.
1: Yeah, I think for me, um, like when I first came out, I struggled to find a, a community. You know, like I didn't know too many atheists or whatever, and so most of my connections with atheists were online, similar to this. Have you been able to connect with any other atheists, you know, in your area that you've been able to form a community with, or is it mostly online?
2: So mostly it's online, though I have met atheists. Uh, I have met atheists. I, uh, the, at least now, one what I did was also I went to, there's a group called Atheists in Kenya. It's a society. But uh, I used it as a platform now to meet with other atheists. And I also know a couple of uh, people who are non-religious, same uh, atheists. and uh, they are also atheists. Some refer to themselves as agnostics, uh, who are also Jehovah's Witnesses. And now, at least we have a small community of people who are ex-Jehovah's Witness, uh, ex-Jehovah's Witnesses. Some are atheists in that community. Some are still believe. Some are still Christian. But I think that was one of the greatest achievements was forming a group of first ex Jehovah's Witnesses because we came from a cult which is kinda different from coming out from one of the mainstream religion, whereby they don't really shun you and you can continue talking to your friends. But in the Jehovah's Witnesses uh, culture, you're cut off completely. Yeah.
0: That's gonna make it make it <laughs> tough. Like like I, I my fallout had been for other reasons already. So like that bridge was already burned by the time I was having doubt. So that wasn't an obstacle to me, but I imagine that if you're like struggling with doubt and you decide that you don't believe, like you need to be pretty sure, like confident in what, what you're thinking. Cause you know, if you bring your authentic self, you know, that's gotta be really tough knowing that if I do this, you know, I'm going to basically lose Mind the community I grew up with, everyone I'm attached to. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so at least I got, at least, but the good thing for me is that I had friends who are also not Jehovah's Witnesses which is something that they usually frown upon. Don't be too close to people who are unbelievers. But I had friends out there, so it also helped with the transition. And now finding guys who who have left the Jehovah's Witness religion, uh, we formed a small community, and now also meeting fellow atheists later. It did help me now at least find a footing and uh, find a community.
1: Mm-hmm. I was wondering, like, I'll drive around and I'll see, you know, a Kingdom Hall here or there, and I'm like, how prevalent is Jehovah's Witness? Like, you know, just in my general area, but how prevalent is the Jehovah's Witness religion, you know, where you are versus? Cause it seems like wherever I go, there's a Kingdom Hall, no matter where in the world. So, <laughs> so
2: here in you Kenya, know, the the thing with uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, what makes them look that prominent is that instead of building one huge church to cover a whole big area. They prefer building small, small kingdom halls that contain about 100 people, 100 to 200 people, uh, congregants. So that's uh, that's it. So it seems so uh, uh, prominent. But in Nairobi, I know we are about, they were about, uh, the last time they had a convention, an international convention, and the region was in Nairobi, they were about 33,000 in attendance. Wow. That, that's that's 33,000. So they do have a presence. And you see, the fact that they go preaching also makes them look so prominent. Mm. But worldwide, their membership, I think, is about 8.5 million.
1: And it, it's always struck me, too. I think, is it Jehovah's Witness? Like, there's a limit on how many people actually get into heaven? Like, so, like, uh, <laughs> It's kind of always struck me like there's only like 250,000 are going to make it. So I guess, how do you know you're the one?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, they, for them, they have this, uh, you can call it a two tier Christianity. So, they believe that uh, 144,000 people will get into heaven. So, they are going to heaven to rule, to rule as kings and priests. The majority of mankind and the rest of the Jehovah's Witnesses will be here on earth. So for them, they will be down here on earth, they will be the subjects of those who are ruling from heaven.
1: <laughs> so I guess you're just lucky if you're one of the 140
2: some thousand. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just saying their leadership, their leadership all believe that they are made up of those uh, few 144,000 who will go to heaven.
0: Yeah, got a client to at the top, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought it was really interesting. I've been going through some of your videos, answering questions you receive, and it was fascinating to me that like this video could have been made anywhere in the world. Like the the, the exact same objections, mm-hmm. the the whirlwinds, uh, assembling of airplane. One get that all the time. Uh, probably the probably the single most common objection. I get or or question or whatever, is they'll say, well, you're an atheist because you just want to sin. <laughs> like, you know, that's why you're an atheist, because you don't want to be held accountable. Uh, yeah. Which it's like, well, I don't believe sin is real. So, like, <laughs> you know. Uh, so, so what would you say, like, with, if you introduce yourself as an atheist in, in Kenya, like, what is the response you usually get?
2: Uh, so I think the first thing people are like, are you serious? Are you real? <laughs> i mean you don't believe in God you, you don't believe in God you don't believe okay do you believe in anything is there anything you believe in what do you believe in <laughs> because I think to them they feel like once you remove God such a there's such a huge hole you've removed so okay what do you believe in how how can you not believe in God but if, how can you not believe in God? There is a God. There should be a God. How can how, <laughs> you say you don't believe in God? <laughs> I think yeah. that's the most typical reaction. Then now, guys start asking questions. Okay, what do you believe in? Okay, what uh, I think, what do you believe in is is the next question that they usually. What do you believe in? And hence is usually like, I, I believe in many other things, just not a God. <laughs> what do right. you believe in? other things i believe in people should get educated i believe in human rights there's so many other things i believe in there's only one thing that you believe in and they don't believe in that's a god from there it's free game (laughs) yes
1: because once you become an atheist you're obviously a nihilist too where nothing matters anymore right so (laughs) yeah
0: yeah Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that's uh, another one that's extremely popular here is like, well, if you don't think that, like, because if you're an atheist, what you, you think when you die, that's it, it's over. So like nothing matters. In a thousand years, it's not going to matter. Like, well, yeah. yeah, in a thousand years, but like <laughs> it matters right now. you
2: know? <laughs> yeah, it does matter right now. We are, we are still alive. Provided we are still here. It does matter what we do and everything else. So yeah, I think people tend to think that once you'll you you you'll sink into nihilism or nihilism, I don't know how you pronounce it, so <laughs> they tend to think that you'll sink deep into that and be like, okay, nothing really matters after, or like now you'll find somebody else, you okay, so why don't you just go kill someone? Like, it doesn't matter if, if there is no God, you can kill someone <laughs> and it will and be okay. And I...
0: I was just thinking like, that's literally wh- exactly where my mind went. Cause yeah. they're like, well, what's stopping you from killing someone? It's like, well, I don't want to, Like <laughs> wh- why would you want to? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's it. Whenever someone asks me that, or I've heard a variant where it's like, well, if I was an atheist, I would just go like rob a bank or, you know, do whatever awful thing. It's like, is literally the only thing that's stopping you from being a horrible person is thinking that there's someone watching. Like, that's not great, you know? (laughs) Like, it it seems to me you should not rob banks or kill people because it's the right thing to do, you know? Yeah. And I... Sorry? No, no, go ahead. I think
2: they're reducing something.
1: No, I was just (laughs) laughing at that. Yeah.
2: (laughs) And I think... uh, I And the funny thing is, I think I kind of get where some of them are coming from, because I also was once there, like, you're thinking, oh, if if I didn't believe God is real, why, why, would they, why would they stop from doing some of these things? But then you realize, OK, I'm actually a good human being. I'm not a shitty person.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I think when you when you get down to it and if you can get into a discussion, it you tend to agree a lot more than you disagree. Like Mm -hmm. we may not agree that God told us to kill, but we both agree. You shouldn't kill people. You shouldn't hurt people. You shouldn't lie. Like, like there's all kinds of common ground, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: One of the things that struck me about your story was you talked about after you deconverted, you started to look at other aspects of your life. So you started looking at morality and things like that. Was there anything that surprised you when you were kind of doing that internal, you know, search and like finding truth, like what do you believe now?
2: I think uh, for me, so, okay, so there's some things that now I I had to let go of, and some things I had to change, cause you see, I had been brought up as a Jehovah's Witness with the Jehovah's Witness view of morality. Like now, I had now to think. Let's say if I get uh, if I get to a situation where I need a blood transfusion, why would you see for them they. As a Jehovah's witness, I couldn't get a blood transfusion for whatever reason. So now I'm like, yeah, um, I, I think I like my life, and that's <laughs> it, I, I need to I'll need to get a blood transfusion. The other thing, uh, things like I think uh, a big one for me was uh, letting go or starting to build my mind around things because I was I can say I was a homo a homophobe. Where it was because this is a Jehovah's Witness, you're told that this is wrong. Marriage is between a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh they're very homophobic. And I think uh, if you have if you have seen any of the ex jehovahs Witnesses who cover their aspect on homophobia, it's really intense. Now, the worst part is that in Kenya, homophobia is so real. People are really homophobic in Kenya. So it had to take a lot uh to for me to stop thinking um, in terms of homophobic thoughts and realize no, everyone has a choice. Actually, it's not a choice uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to when it comes to being born gay or being born lesbian, uh, being born bi, being born. Uh, it's not it's not a choice that they made. It's something that people are born that way. And we have to accept them as they are, because the only thing, and you see now that framework that, because you see in this, uh, as a Jehovah's Witness, it was wrong because God says, so God is the final Lord on this. But now I have to think, okay, what makes this thing wrong? What makes it right? Is it uh, like now when it comes to someone who's a homosexual, is it wrong for them to be a homosexual? What is what exactly is making it wrong? If I was to say it's wrong, what exactly it's making is making it wrong. And when I come from that point, you realize, okay, there's nothing wrong with your sexual with your sexual orientation. Sorry, there's nothing wrong with your sexual orientation. So, I think that is one thing that I had to work really, really hard to overcome. And I think up to date, it's something that I can say it's still ongoing. That uh mm-hmm. I'm trying to like let's say even in Kenya, when you go to Kenyan Twitter when such matters are being discussed, you'll realize guys are really hateful on the community, on the LGBTQ community. Guys are really hateful. And I go sometimes and try to strike up a conversation, and you'll find that most people, when you ask them, okay, so what's wrong? What's really wrong? It will always go back to the Bible. Okay, why should we believe the Bible? And they're like, but you see, God tells us this and this and this. So I think that's one thing that has been so ingrained in people and myself particularly. And it was so hard to change my thought patterns when it comes to such things.
0: Yeah, I think that's a common experience. When I was a uh, Christian, yeah, I was fundamentalist. Not Jehovah's Witness level of fundamentalist, but still fundamentalist. And I had the opinion, like, kind of like you, I had the similar thought, like, I didn't understand why it was wrong. It didn't seem like anyone was getting hurt. Just too consenting. Like, I personally didn't care, but I forced myself to care because I thought the Bible said it was wrong. And so I was like, well, I have to think it's wrong because that's what God says, right? Um, So it, it was very freeing for me to be to take that restraint off, you know, and then I can just like look at the harm that's being done. And if there's no harm, um, it's no problem. I, my probably struggle was uh, with transphobia. Cause that was another big part of my, my biblical upbringing, even though the Bible says literally nothing about it, whatever. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, so when I deconverted so, sort of same thing, I was kind of going through all of my different beliefs and that was one of them. And I was like struggling because like I had this, this built up feeling but, you know, there's nothing backing it up. And then one day, just like a light switch turned on. I was like, oh, wait, hold on. That's none of my business. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Well, did yeah. you have any questions for us or anything that you wanted to, to ask us while you got us on here?
2: Yeah. Okay. Just knowing what's the experience like there, now from your local your local area, Um. What's what's it like when people hear you're atheist? Are they more accepting?
0: <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I live in a pretty urban, like I live in the suburbs of a of a small city, and we're pretty uh left leaning, like liberal. So like if it comes up in conversation, there's a decent chance the person I'm talking to is either an atheist or like just not terribly religious. Like like it's more like, oh okay. Like nobody cares. And then just the conversation moves on. It's not a big deal for most people. I just like run into in life.
1: Yeah. And I'd say for me, um, it's similar to thing. Like most people kind of go, Oh, okay. Uh, but they don't ask that question. Kind of like, when you get that response, like, well, what do you believe in? Like, I think people are afraid to like push that here uh, where I live. And so, um, even family members were hesitant when I first came out to like ask questions, and they they seemed like they just wanted to not even talk about it because they didn't want to acknowledge that it was happening. So, um,
0: I was fortunate yeah. in that most of my family we I, we didn't coordinate it or anything. It just kind we all kind of deconverted all at the same time, just kind of independently <laughs> of each other. Like I don't know, I, I looked around one year and it's like we're all atheists now. Like we didn't. <laughs> I don't know how that happened so I was pretty fortunate there um, now I, I will say I know other people who live in more conservative areas of the country and their experience is very different much more similar to yours um, yeah. I know uh, a couple atheists who live in like Louisiana and that's a very conservative Christian area and so when they share that they're an atheist if they do uh, because they don't want to be you know, ostracized uh, they, they get the same thing. Like, how do you not believe in a God? What's keeping you moral? You know, but look at the trees. What about babies? You know? <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> and I know too, like, I have family that live in more conservative areas. So like, if I go visit them or if I'm in those areas, I just try to avoid the topic because I don't really want to uh, get into a long debate or an argument about it, right? I'd rather just, we're humans, let's enjoy each other's company and not talk about this. So um.
0: Yeah, I tend to not bring it up, not because like I'm afraid to talk about it or anything like that. It's just like I know it makes people uncomfortable sometimes. And like I don't want to make I don't want to force the conversation away to make someone feel like, like they're uncomfortable. Cause if I'm with you, it's probably because I want to be around you. And you know, that's way more important to me than you know what you do on Sunday. You know, as long as you're not hurting anybody, whatever.
2: Yeah. yeah. And um did any one of you experience uh, family members shunning them or
0: so, uh, I probably would have if I hadn't been recently divorced. So, I um, my marriage fell apart, and that caused not like official shunning, it was just kind of like everyone was like, Oh, you're divorced and stop speaking to me. So, I think had I deconverted before I divorced, I think I would have gotten a similar response. Um, I think it would have been sort of Maybe, maybe not shunning, like we're never going to speak to you, but more we're going to speak to you with the specific purpose of saving your soul and then not associating with you really otherwise. That's my guess, um but, like I said, having gone through a divorce, they'd already destroyed the bridge already, so <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I didn't experience any shunning, um you know, I still in communication with my family. There are members of my family who I have not openly said that I'm an atheist to you because I'm afraid of what the repercussions might be. Um, I don't know if I would be shunned, but I think that they would maybe stop communicating with me or or communicate with me in a a much different manner. Um, And I just don't want to disappoint them. (laughs) That's the biggest thing. You know, it's like, I would rather just, we don't have to talk about it. Like you keep believing what you want to believe. And as long as, you know, I don't disappoint you, that's fine. So. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I think, Mm uh we're both pretty fortunate to live in the time and place that we do because not that long ago in the states we would have had a very different experience Mm -hmm. so i think we kind of lucked out in that way our journey was a lot less hard than it could have been
1: yeah and i think too like you know not coming from a, a very strict religion like jehovah's witness where like shunning is like kind of built into the religion so to speak to help protect the uh the congregation and the, um,
0: yeah, that's not I, really
1: part of what I grew up in. So,
0: my church, they didn't have like an official mechanism because it wasn't like as top down directed as uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses are. There was the kind of general feeling that like you shouldn't be unequally yoked, you want to be in the world, not of the world, you know. And so, like, there was definitely the feeling that if someone isn't Christian, you should kind of keep them at arm's length because you don't want to be tempted into sin or whatever, you know, but it wasn't like an official thing. It would be more like if you were hanging out with a bunch of atheists all the time, people might look at you weird or like, you know, what are you doing? You know, <laughs>
1: which that always surprised me too. Cause that's very antithetical to like what Jesus would have done. Like Jesus would have been like trying to hang out with the atheists and like, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's a great yeah.
0: point. Like, uh, and, and your point with the beer too, like it, it seems like, they, they add a lot to the Bible. But if you just look at particularly the New Testament, Jesus was hanging out with prostitutes, tax collectors, and, you know, like, you know, so, yeah, it seems like if if they really wanted to follow the example of the person they say they're following, they'd act a lot differently. Um, and that's not true for all Christians. Uh, you know, there's Christianity. is a huge tapestry. Honestly, I think for me, uh, the more liberal, like progressive Christianity resonates at least. And I'm not so Maybe I'm just suppressing the truth and unrighteousness, but it resonates a lot more. So I don't know if you can hear my son yelling in the background. Sorry about that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Resonates to me a lot more as like authentic to the message of Christ, you know, Um, which was, well, first and foremost, the world's going to end. So repent, but also you should love your neighbor. You know, like that was like a big deal to him. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. I think okay personally what i usually say is that um with the bible i think you can take any stand and you can find a scripture find to defend it. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's true. Like like especially if you want to contrast the old testament god to the new testament god who seem like very different gods uh you know. Yeah. Uh, that was actually the uh, early christian heresy was i can't remember the name of it but that the, there were two gods in the new gnosticism testament. What, or, when, was it a feature of Gnosticism? I don't remember.
1: I think it was a, a variant of Gnosticism. Um, anyway,
0: anyways. yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's a good point. That the, the Bible being such a big book written over so many years by so many different perspectives basically, any stance you want, you can find a verse in there somewhere.
2: Yeah, in different,
0: yeah. Mm. Uh, so it, go nope, yeah. Go ahead.
2: Sorry, no, yeah. No, I, I, okay. The, the thing I just wanted to say is that uh, I, think the, I think living Jehovah's Witnesses is also kind of, I think when you, uh, it, it's also kind of hard for someone because for us now you find that, uh, like for me, at least, okay, uh, I know the worst part is that Jehovah's Witnesses in the US find it more tough than Jehovah's Witnesses living in Kenya because I think in Kenya the family, you'll find that the family unit is more strong or the family bond. So, like for me, my dad is still a Jehovah's Witness, but he doesn't shun me. He'll mm-hmm. talk to me. I'll go visit him once in a while. But you'll find that like now extended relatives, like cousins, now they'll they'll avoid talking to me. Some some of them, let me see some of them. There's some who still talk to me, but some totally avoid talking to me. So I don't know. You you said your family experience at least was better. But I think uh also, when it comes to talking religion, like I found that uh, I think my dad and I, it reached a point we decided we are not talking religion. <laughs> we'll we'll talk yeah. any other thing. We'll talk we'll talk football. We'll talk very we'll talk sports. We'll talk uh, the state of the nation and uh, things like that. How family members are doing. But when it comes to religion, we decided we are not going to talk. Because I remember like one time we had a chat and it reached a point I asked him a question and he was like cognitive dissonance was so hard on him. He decided, okay, we are not doing this anymore. (laughs)
1: Yeah. It's usually a good, good thing to like not mention religion or politics at family events. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Ultimately having the relationship is the important thing, you know? So yeah, my, my family is a little weird in that we talk religion and politics all the time. We, we, agree on a lot of it but we disagree on a fair amount too uh but yeah i your mileage may vary (laughs) yeah Yeah. it was uh i actually, my mom is way more uh progressive i guess or liberal than i am we uh we went to a um it's kind of off topic but my we were going to a protest uh in support of black lives matter and um my brother was like hey you know make sure you take care of yourself make sure you drink water be safe and my mom was like this is not my first protest <laughs> yeah. yeah uh well, I think uh, you answered all of the questions I had. It was super interesting hearing uh about your experience it was it was and I said this before, but it's it's really fascinating, even though you're in a very different culture in a very different context, just how similar like the experiences are the questions, which really shows I think that the, the kind of questions and that inquisitive nature is like just a human thing. It's not a, you know, American or Kenyan or any other kind of cultural thing. It's like a human experience. Um, something that, that unites everybody. I think that, I think, I think from this I'm taking away the skepticism should be a universal experience that everybody can enjoy. Yes. <laughs> um, do you want to uh, tell us if for the viewers on our channel, what you got going on coming up? What they should look out for on your channel.
2: So I think the next post I'm working on currently, I want I want to make a post on morality because I know that that's something that I really get asked a lot. So, I mm-hmm. uh, it will be a short post on morality on how as an atheist and as a humanist, how, where do we get where do we get our morality from, and is it a better grounding than the religious grounding on morality. So I mm-hmm. think that's what I'll be doing. I also want to because I started the the thing is I also did another post on I called it my weird Bible stories, but that's hard for people who are not Kenyan to follow because I do it in our local language. So it's a mixture of English and Swahili. Uh, the let me call it common Swahili that we talk in Kenya okay, because there is the standardized official Swahili, which is also uh, I think many people would not it won't resonate or won't uh, mm-hmm. can't it, it won't touch their hearts as they want it to. So that's why I gave it as a in the common Swahili that we talk day to day. So I called it my book of weird stories because when I was a kid, I was read my book of Bible stories. (laughs) So I'm also going to, I'm planning another episode on that. Uh, I think I need to cover, there is this story that's similar to the Sodom story, but in the book of Judges. But in this point, uh, this guy, uh, went with his wife and this was within Israel and the guys from the town came out at night and said they want to have relations with that man but then what happened was that the person who was hosting him told these guys just like the sodom stories uh I have daughters you can take her you can take my daughters and you al- and this guy also gave up his concubine but in this case the guys actually assaulted the concubine and by morning she was almost dead and she died at the doorstep so it's mm-hmm. a, it's a, it's a fascinating bible story so you know most christians don't actually know these stories exist right. in the bible so if, that's
0: <laughs> yeah i feel like uh if the bible were any other book it'd be banned in christian schools <laughs> <laughs> true yeah, i always I
1: always had this thing like uh let me teach your Sunday school to your kids. You know, like a, a fair game, I can just read all the Bible, right? Like, I'm yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm
0: only going to use biblical stories, I promise. <laughs>
1: kids would run screaming, right? So I do want to say, yeah, like I found your channel, uh, your sense of humor is hilarious. Like, you know, like the, the laugh tracks that you add and like the little things, like I was, I found myself laughing quite a bit. So I really enjoyed your your uh, sense of humor. and
0: Yeah, criminally and some, undersubscribed. So definitely. Yes,
1: uh, we're going to, plug it to whoever we can. So,
2: um. yeah. All yeah, right. I'll also plug a link to your channel. Cause I think um, people have had me talk, but have never seen your content. So I'll also plug a link. Yeah. So Appreciate that,
1: yeah.
0: what we've got coming up, uh, we're going to be wading into everyone's favorite debate, which is what's the definition of atheism and what it should be, uh, since that's super hot right now. Um, and, uh, I'm gonna be going on vacation. I'm gonna to go to uh, on my honeymoon three years later because of COVID. Uh, so Jared's gonna be running solo for a little bit. Uh, do you know, have you decided what you're gonna be doing, Jared?
1: Not yet. I actually want to have a conversation with and uh, you know, with a theist. So I'm trying to find a theist that I can have a conversation with. Uh, I enjoy conversations. It really, you know. So um,
0: it should be easy. It's like 65% of America. Just throw a stick yeah, and hit somebody. Th- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we can get a Kenyan taste, so there you go. That'd, That'd be great, cool. yeah. Yeah, that actually would be really neat. Um, yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks a lot for coming. Uh It was a great time, and hopefully, we'll uh, have you on again some point in the future.
2: Thanks a lot. I've also enjoyed the discussion. Until Until enjoy then. the rest of your day. I know uh, your time. You're still enjoying the rest of your day. Yeah, well, yeah. You guys are to you're little about little to fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: awesome well until next time remember you've always got reason to doubt
1: peace out